chapter 11, and then also um, in Matthew chapter 6, Luke chapter 11, Matthew chapter 6. We've kind of called this year, in fact, my title today, we're going to look at some of the words that the disciples asked Jesus. They said, teach us to pray. But we remember the words of Jesus, and I want to say it every Sunday or whenever we gather, that we remember that everything that we do, we're doing it unto him. Whether we're serving people food, it's not unto us, it's unto him. Uh, all of the things that we do, we remember we're doing it unto him. Well, I want to read this first verse. This is in Luke chapter 11, 1 through 4. And I'll just read kind of the beginning part. Luke 11, 1 through 4, and it says this. Now it came to pass as he was praying, talking about Jesus, in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. So as he was praying, how many of you know you've been, somebody's been praying before and they pray and they end and you move on to whatever, maybe it's eating. I still remember the prayer when my mom would have us pray, and I remember the prayer when she said, Walter, would you like to pray? And I had the prayer in my mind. Rub-a-dub-dub. Here comes the grub. Yay, God. And I remember I looked up at mom. Mom was not pleased. <laughs> and she reminded me that wasn't a prayer that probably God was pleased for as well, too. But when we look at this verse, and Jesus uh, is praying, and the disciples have noticed this. Yet they want Jesus to teach them how to pray. They also knew that John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. Well, when we look at this verse, we need to remember this. The, the disciples saw the very first miracle of Jesus. The water turned to wine. John is the one that captures that in his gospel. They've seen the signs and wonders. They've seen the withered hand come forward. They've seen the multiplication of bread. Why didn't they ask, teach us how to do signs and wonders? Teach us how to multiply food. Teach us how to pray for people. Teach us how to cast out demons. What did they ask Jesus to teach them? To teach them how to pray. They may not have known it at the time. It's one of the things that I believe that we learn today. They knew that the demonstration of the power all came back to because they knew Jesus was a man of prayer. That out of that time of praying is where the power happened. In fact, I have down, and, and you can look at them later, I'll look at a couple of them, a couple of the different places that the disciples sometimes would catch Jesus praying. Praying is simply talking to God, right? Talking, listening. I found this interesting. The average American texts 52 messages a day. Is that right? Does that seem right? How many of you are like, 52? I do like 152. How many of you are like, what is texting? I've not heard of. 52 messages, it, it equals 26 minutes a day of texting. If you're on WhatsApp, how many of you are on WhatsApp? Now, WhatsApp, if you've traveled internationally, is encrypted, it helps you out. 
WhatsApp tracks, there's a hundred billion messages sent a day through WhatsApp. Brain? We're communicators. We talk, right? We text. We use social media. We're used to talking. But how much of that is us stopping and praying to God? As the disciples said, teach us how to pray. You know, we go through the Bible, there's the prayers of Moses. There's the prayers of Hannah who prayed. She couldn't have kids, but when she had Samuel, she was going to give Samuel back to the Lord. But there are prayers that sometimes we find that we do, like Jonah. Jonah decides to pray when he's in the belly of the whale. Don't wait to pray when you're in the belly of something. Right? I think it's time to pray. We read about that, though. Samson finally prays at the end. He's praying for strength so he can push down the pillar. Don't wait to pray those prayers. That the next time that you pray and talk to God is so that you can push down the different pillars. We read David in the Psalms and his prayers. If you want to learn and you want to see somebody from the Bible praying, read the book of Psalms. In fact, David not only prays those things, he sings those, those parts to songs. You'll see his emotion in there. You'll see his humbleness before the Lord, but he prayed. But I want to read this verse in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. And um, we read this about Jesus at the end because Jesus is still praying. But here's what the, it says. Therefore, he, talking about Jesus, is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. I receive salvation because I come to God through Jesus Christ. I accept him as my Lord and Savior. But then it goes on, since he always lives to make intercession for them. The one who prays on behalf of us to the Father is Jesus himself. But have I sent him anything to pray about? As he says, you know what? I haven't heard from Walter in 45 days. What's he doing? Jesus always is ready to make intercession to pray for us. So before we get to Matthew, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I want to read this verse out of two translations. Philippians 4, 6. In fact, let's all read this verse to together. Ready? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Be what for nothing? Anxious. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Let those requests be made known to God. I hope whether it's on your phone or a notebook or something, write those prayers down. Expect that God will fulfill his promises to you as you pray, the things that you pray for. Now, uh, the Passion Translation puts it this way. Don't be pulled in different directions or be worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith filled requests before God with overflowing 
gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Tell him every. I like that one part. Offering my faith-filled request. When I pray, do I have a scripture verse that I'm praying to God about? Prayer should be the heart of everything that we do. In fact, we should say, have you prayed about that? Have you prayed about that? Have you prayed about that? And it's interesting, the season that we're all in currently, we need to know that God is preparing us for something more, right? Something greater, something around that corner. But that's why we all should be people of prayer. Well, I want to read a couple verses here. In fact, um, I, it won't be on the screen. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. You, when you download the notes, you can follow along and read all these different places where Jesus himself. Did Jesus need to pray? I don't think he needed to pray. Did the Son of God need to pray? He knew the word. He did. He prayed, right? I can't have any excuses. But in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says this. Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight. How many of you are like, that's not me, right? I arise a long way after daylight. Well, he says, a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and when they found him, they said to him, everybody's looking for you. I always think that's an interesting one. He gets up well before it's time to get up. He finds a solitary place to pray to his father, and the disciples find him and like, what are you doing? Everybody's looking for you, right? They're waiting for you. And yet they're going to know later that that was part of the power that's going forth is because of his prayer. Let me look at one other quick one really quick. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. If you have your Bible, you can turn over there. If you have your phone, you can do that uh, as well too. Luke 6, 12. And we read this. Now it came to pass in those days that he went up to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. It was one of those examples that he's going to choose the apostles, those disciples to separate, but he prays all night. Maybe you've been up all night because you've been anxious about something. Jesus stayed up all night because he was praying about something our example. And then Matthew chapter 6, uh, if you turn there with me, in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, I want to read some of the words, we'll kind of set this up, some of the words of Jesus when we talk about praying. And remember, they wanted him to teach them how to pray. And he's going to use an example of how to pray to them, but let me read this to you. This is Matthew chapter 6, 5 through 15. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. 
and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you their trespasses. Now, isn't it interesting that he starts with this whole bit? In fact, he's going to give that example of the religious leaders. Don't be like the religious leaders. He calls them hypocrites. In fact, another good word to translate are they are the play actors. They're acting. Right? They're pretending. They want you to see that they're out praying. In fact, Jesus used that about fasting. If you're fasting, don't walk around like, I just want you to know that I'm, fa- I'm not eating because, you know, I, I'm, I'm honoring the Lord today. I'm not really so hungry, but I'm, I just want you to know I'm fasting. You just got your reward, right? And it's nothing. Oh, it's a hungry stomach. So don't be like what we see in society. How many of you know that uh, our society is about self-image? Where you went, what you ate, who you're with, right? That's just kind of how, how it hits. Jesus says the opposite. Go to your room. Go in a closet. Go somewhere where somebody can't find you. Maybe sit in your car, whatever it is. Go and pray because the Father is going to reward because what you've done in secret, he's going to reward those things openly. We don't have to tell people what we do. I want you to know I prayed 37 and a half hours this week. You just got your reward, right? Because you got to tell somebody. That's between us and that's between our Heavenly Father. So when we pray, we do those things in secret. We're not living to be an example to tell people what we do. We're living unto our Father. In fact, C.S. Lewis said this. The moment that you wake up each morning, all your wishes and your hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job of each morning consists in shoving it all back, in listening to that other voice, taking the other point of view, letting the other larger, stronger, quiet life flow in. Many times we get up, the first thing we do is we get on our phone and we look at, did you see what just happened there? And keep going, keep going, keep going. I got to get ready. Have we taken that time when we get up in the morning that we spend time with our Father God? That we've taken time 
to pray before we rush out. Have we, have you, anybody have wild animals in their house that you got to be careful? No. Don't tell my family. I've got one in the back there. Trying to push everything back because it's so busy, busy, busy so that you can focus in on the things that are important. Jesus said, find the secret place. Now, let me just break this down really quick. It's interesting, and, and we'll look at this in the next couple weeks. If I look at verse 9, uh, when we read our Father in heaven, it's letting us know that we're going to pray God's interests in his heart. I'm to come to my Father. What's on your heart today? Because I'm not going to start with me. But that's what we usually do, right? We start with me. You just don't know, God, what's going on. I don't think you're paying attention. No, he knows everything. But I'm to start with his heart, his priorities. Um, so that's where I go into next. I'm to pray what are his priorities for the day. I'm to pray for his provision. Right? He promised that, that he would look after us. We're to pray for those things. Verse 11, his pr provision. I'm to pray that I have power and I need to know I have power over the evil one. I don't care what temptation or what trick or trap comes. I have power by him over the evil one. I need to operate in forgiveness. I can't expect God to forgive me if I don't forgive others. You just don't know what they've done to me. I know you got to forgive them. Well, Jesus isn't, isn't it saying, Lord, we're only to forgive them seven times, right? They're already on number nine. No, seven times seven. 490 times I'm supposed to forgive them? Yes. That's where we, how do I do that? I put on Christ to forgive them. He can forgive me. He can forgive the person sitting on your right, right? He can forgive. He can operate in all of us. And what's interesting in one of the verses is, is that I'm also a partner in his plan, right? For yours is the kingdom and power. I'm a partner with him. I'm partnering with him on his plan at this time, on these days, on planet Earth, in Southern California in these days. I'm partnering with him. Yet Jesus wants us to meet him in the secret in that room. He wants to show us that fullness of God. He wants us to have our prayer life with him that we're tuned up and that we're ready to go. If Jesus needed time alone with his father, I needed a thousand more times with him. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 20. Let me read this one lastly. Isaiah 26, 20. This is out of the New American Standard Version. I like how it translates this. Come, my people, enter into your rooms and close your doors behind you. Hide for a little while. Hide. Jesus knows I, I have to be at work at 7 a.m. Jesus knows I have to be at work at 11 p.m. He knows you've got to pick up kids or grandkids. He knows you've got to go to the grocery store. He knows you've got to do all of those things. But here's what's important. Come, my people. This is the heart of God. Come, my people. Enter your rooms. Close the doors. Hide there. Hide there for a little while. We see through the Bible that people 
who prayed operated in God's power. People who prayed. Bow your heads if you would with me today. Father, with everything going on in our lives and around the world, we should never, ever overlook or be too busy not to be with you. Lord, we remember even when we read the scriptures, even Jesus, after the most intense ministry time, we find him withdrawing to pray to recharge. Father, I pray that you, in our hearts, you remind us that this becomes a joy to us to pull away, to get alone with you. How much we need it today in our days and that you would show us things to come. We bless you this day. Father, I pray also that supercharge our life to pray and be in your word these days. Remind us that we're your partners. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me mention this song. Jesus' ministry only lasted three and a half years. When you read in the Bible all of the things that he did in three and a half years, that was intense. Yet the intensity of it still had him withdraw and spend time with the Lord. So let's remember that, especially in our season. Well, stand with me. We're going to close with this worship song. <laughs>